Hello, you're listening to Freelance Mum, the mother of all juggling acts, with me, Faye Dicker. And me, Laura Rawlings. Hello, and welcome to the Freelance Mum Class Assembly. And with myself and Laura Rawlings on this week's podcast is Greet Power Lane from The Book Island. The Book Island is a local publisher based here in Bristol that specialise in children's books from all over the world. They are the most beautiful picture books. And later on in the podcast, I will delight in sharing some of those with you. With me here today is Greet. And Greet, it's lovely to have you here. How has lockdown life been treating you? Oh, dear. Oh, no. (laughs) No, on on a personal level, it hasn't been very easy with the children. But for Book Island, that's actually been quite good. We've had a lot of support. Um, It uh, it was actually much easier than I expected with all the bookshops being closed. But uh, they've done a wonderful job putting up webshops, getting customers in. So... um, for Book Island, it's it's been good. I've seen lots of changes, positive changes, all around the industry, which has been yeah, which, which have been wonderful. I think. So. I see you've picked up quite a bit of support on social media. You know, just looking at some of the tweets, it looks like you've been getting some really lovely messages from people who are perhaps discovering some of your books for the first time. Now they've got the chance to actually take a moment. So that's, yeah, I guess, yeah. that's a heartening side of it. I was, I was really worried when when lockdown happened, and I thought, oh, okay, lots of people are going to be out of work, mm. or they're going to be uh, furloughed, and and the last thing they want to do is spend money on on picture books. But actually, a lot of people felt they deserved a beautiful picture book. And a lot of our followers are teachers who are obsessed with beautiful picture books. So they, actually one particular follower, has been ordering a package once a week. So every Friday, we order from her, and now she's got the entire collection. We've only got 25 books, so she can't buy more. But I, I was really, really... It was just heartwarming to see that support. And then when they received so all these purchases, the, 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 the customers who've, buy, who've been buying from us, they, um, they want to show their books. So they put them on Twitter. And then everyone else says, oh, where did you get those from? Oh, from Book Island. Ooh, and, and they're wonderful. You should follow them. And we've had, we have so many more followers too. So that's all thanks to lockdown. That's a fantastic thing to hear. That's really lovely. And there's something about people feeling united um, in the story, you know, in in reading a book and in knowing that the the amount of love and care, I think, Greet, that must go into you carefully selecting um, the different books that will be published and the authors that you're representing as well. I think for me, one of the, um, I had a great uh, interview right at the beginning of lockdown with a woman called Michelle Evans and she's from Small Business Saturday and she's got a little girl Holly who's just had her first birthday and she said how her local bookshop um, left a book on her bookstop right at the beginning of lockdown and it was a beautiful picture book I don't know what it was but for her daughter Holly and she was so deeply touched that this local bookshop had gone to the length of doing that and they were doing doorstop deliveries as well around the local (laughs) area and there's something about lockdown where there's been that resilience hasn't there and nice that you've been able to see that as well Mm. yes and I and I've seen lots of support for other independents as well which is the local the local uh, pubs that had to close down the, the cafes um everyone's just helping each other mm. neighbors are helping each other 
uh, especially the elderly. We've been helping a lot of them on our street. And uh, so I think it's brought out, brought out all the good things in, in the humankind. Mm-hmm. Faith, I was just, just going to say, I mean, um, Faye summed up what you do, you know, brilliantly, but perhaps just tell us so we can get a real sense of the contrast between when you're in lockdown and when you're not, but of what it is that you do and, and how you find the books. How I select the books? Yeah. Mm. So, well, yeah, that's a really good start. We go to book fairs yes. and, uh, and the London Book Fair was cancelled. So we were going to have a, a panel there. I was going to have a panel there with three of my translators the translators of our latest three books, so that was all cancelled. Um, then we were supposed to meet in Bologna, but Bologna was cancelled as well in April. So now um, I've been mainly looking at um, catalogs, online catalogs of foreign publishers who, of course, have been publishing new books and which we haven't been able to see in Italy. So now we're just looking online on, uh, at PDFs. And uh, also I find a lot of books in bookshops overseas. So I'll, let's say I go on holiday to Portugal I will always go into all the bookshops there to see if the Portuguese publishers have maybe published something that I haven't seen in the UK yet. It could be a book from Korea. It could be a book from the Netherlands. Um, because a lot, of, a lot of books are never are never going to be published in English. So I'm actually quite lucky that there is just this, this massive pool of beautiful books that are just for me. They're, they're for me, but very few publishers in the UK publish in translation. So, we, and it's very different in other countries because publishers have to fight for certain books because they're all into translation. 50% of the books there are, are, are translated. But I'm alone. I'm nearly alone here. There's, there's wow. only a few more publishers in such a vast market that are interested in bringing books from other countries to the English language market. So there's, uh, there's just, there, there are more than enough books for me to choose from. There's a lovely quote on your website, um, Greet, about uh, talking up to children rather than talking down. And it sort of explains the philosophy about why you're so keen to be publishing books from different countries and different languages and translate Mm. them to children. Can you talk us through that a little bit? Mm. So I I really believe that children can, can handle a lot more than what we think. Uh, I'm talking about thinking about topics and I'll just I've got a few books here that I just quickly want to show you just as an example so um last year we published this book Mum's Jumper which is a picture book about grief and a lot of people a lot of adults don't want to talk about grief and death and loss with their children but what we've learned from this book is that children are very capable of understanding the concept and that they're open to hearing more about it while adults are usually like I just don't want to go there because I know it's going to be painful. I've experienced it myself, maybe I've heard about it. And children are much more resilient in that way. And that's why I think I have to publish up, not down. Um, I, I feel that as a publisher, I should never be a gatekeeper. Mm. I have to pick books that can be challenging, but it's up to the child and, and the parents and the teachers to, to decide whether they're ready for that book or not. And I remember that when I was a, a child, I was reading books that were <laughs> far too advanced for me. And, and, but I just read them and I just skipped the, the pages and the chapters that were just too, too difficult for me or that I just didn't understand. So I think children are still doing that now. Uh, another example that I want to show you is this picture book. 
um, sort of latest release, The Garden of Inside Outside, which takes mm. place in Iran during the revolution in the 80s. Mm. And you might think, ooh, children and revolution and war, and, and that's so scary for them. But this book has been received so well, maybe also because of lockdown, because in this book, which is based on a true story, the main character has to go to, to Tehran to join her father, who's the Italian ambassador to Iran. And they spend the entire summer within the walls of the embassy because it's too dangerous to go outside. So for them, they don't they don't have to deal with the coronavirus. They have a war to deal with. And um, I've been really lucky to work with Anne, uh, Dr. Anne Alston from uh, from the university here from UWE, who created a lesson plan for us. She read the book as well. So you can find all of that uh, online. And um, so this also shows that children are very capable of understand this the concept of war, the concept of being locked inside. Um, and, and the feedback has been amazing. Well, when you think about it, great, as you so rightly say, so many children are actually living like that anyway, perhaps not in this country, but we're all experiencing lockdown worldwide. And actually it's through reading a story and those beautiful picture books as well can help break that down, make it more understandable, explain it in ways that perhaps we as adults don't know how to explain it to little children, little human beings who actually can take on so much more. And by doing that through a story and allowing them to empathise with a character is such a, a wonderful way of doing it. Um, what's the process then? Is there an exact science when it comes to choosing a book? I know you spoke about book fairs. How, how do you begin in that choosing a book? I think every publisher has uh, has her his own way to do it. But for me, um, I have quite a few criteria. But my first and most important criterion is: is this book meaningful and beautiful at the same time? And very often, um, the titles just don't pass that test. There are a lot of gorgeous books out there, beautiful illustrations, with stories that don't go anywhere. Um, and then you've got beautiful stories with really bad illustrations mm. so this 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 first criterion is very important and really helps me find the right books and then of course the book the new titles have to match my my list they have to be a book island title mm. now i've got two children who are now 11 and 13 and uh, they were really little when i started the company 80 years ago and they've always been my ambassadors and my um, advisors and they know exactly what a book island book is. They sometimes know it before me. So they'll say, but mama, that's not a book island book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just, I always have to laugh when they say that because sometimes I'm really drawn to the illustrations or I, I feel oh, the story resonates with me and I'm like, hmm. Mm. And then they really say, no, no, you're not gonna do that. That's not that's a book island book. Lovely. They, they obviously, know the brand it's like completely they've grown up it's part yeah, of their name isn't it yes they know exactly what it is in the same way I realize it's different but sometimes I'm like I love charity shopping and the girls might say mummy that's that's you that's just you and I think what is it that you've seen in that in that top that you identify with me but it's quite nice it's obviously something they pick out just as your children do yeah do you ever I was just going to ask, do you, when you're looking at things at the moment then and you're looking at catalogues, does that mean that actually for some of the stories you're just seeing the printed word and you're not actually seeing illustrations at this stage? 
Do you ever just see the words and there's no pictures with it, or do you always have like the package of words and pictures? I always finish books, so that's the lucky thing. Um, I always buy existing books that have been published overseas. They have won awards, and because they've won awards, we will get also or um, receive funding from the country of origin. So that's another another criterion. I always look for books that have won awards because I know that they will do well here. It's less risky. Mm -hmm. But because of what's been happening in the world in the last year, not only during lockdown, I'm I'm very much drawn out to more political books, mm. books about democracy, books about Black Black Lives Matter, books about he, the heroes of our society. Who's important in our society? Mm. So I'm I'm now thinking about uh, publishing a Spanish book, a book from Spain about dictatorship. And um, what's so great about my community or my followers on Twitter is that I can put a, a new book, an untranslated book on Twitter and say, what do you think? This is a book about dictatorship. Do you think we need that now? And then the, the, the teacher community goes wild. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> are you going to do a Kickstarter? Are you going to do a crowdfunding campaign? When are you doing it? Just, just, just <laughs> calm down, calm down. Okay, so that, that's a really good indication that that book might do really well because they can immediately see the potential of it. They can see it in their classroom. They know how they're going to present it to the children. They also probably know what the feedback is going to be. So that's the great thing about having that community. And in terms of Kickstarters, I know you've done them before, but is that um, something that you use, you know, you've used it a few times before, you'll keep using it in the future? Is that a good way of getting a new book published? Is that how you do it? It works really well for us. Um, for me, it's it's not so much about the money, getting the money together. It's more about gauging the interest. Because if I can only find 100 backers for a book, uh, well, I will probably print 3,000 copies. And I already know that I maybe should not go that way, that maybe this is yeah. not the right book for us. And um, And that's what Kickstarter is about for me. It's also about growing our community or fan base, because now I've um, I've identified our super fans. I know where they are. Mm. And they're not only here in Bristol, they're all around the UK, but also in the States. We have some incredible fans there who would buy everything. Which, and, and you know how much they pay for shipping. They're like, yeah, or yeah, just do me, just maybe put two copies of that book. I, I, I know I ordered it last time, but just, just do a few more. And just, yeah, I'll just try to hide those books from my husband. I get, I get hear that a lot. <laughs> who should not see those parcels but um but i i think crowdfunding is is a, a, a fantastic way to gauge interest yeah and we're very lucky that we can already show the book before it has been translated because it already exists in another language we just have to make a, a, a nice video and a compelling um mission statement and and then we just go we haven't had any un unsuccessful kickstarters yet but i i we probably will in the future because there will always be books that appeal to me and maybe not to others or not to the UK market because you have to remember that I'm not I'm not British so I have a I have a different taste mm. um, and, and and Kickstarter helps me uh, also test that that difference yeah. it's not because I like it that others will like it you've got your boys who sound like they can keep you in healthy check great which is good um, 
the you talk about the translation process, which is obviously really important. How do you make sure that nothing is lost in translation? First of all, I work with the best translators available. And most of the time I understand the language, the, um, the original language. So I, I also I check everything. But um, lately we published a book from um, that was written originally in Swedish and my Swedish is not that great. So I just had to trust. I had to trust the, um, the translator, but she's great. BJ Epstein is a, is a lecturer at uh, Norwich University and we, you just, we just know that it's gonna be brilliant. I've actually entered this book for a translation award uh, this year. So we'll find out soon if she's done a good job or not. How many languages do you speak? Go and put us to shame. <laughs> That's a difficult question. Because when do you when do you speak a language? Okay. Well if the definition. how many countries could you go into and look in the bookshop and pick up a book and think, right, I can get the gist of that child's book? <laughs> oh God. Yeah, but that makes it even harder because they're <laughs> Okay, so it's not just France then. A... <laughs> okay, I'll tell you that so I, I so I live here, I speak English, right? Um, but I'm I'm a Polonist, I'm specialized in Polish. And I also learned Russian. I studied Russian. And uh, of course, being from Belgium, I speak French and a little bit of German as well. But but my my I, I I've learned a lot of languages, but I don't I don't necessarily speak them very well. But it's really handy when I go to a book fair because I can just pick up a book and then especially with a picture book, I just kind of immediately understand whether it's good or not. Um, and that, that's that's been great. That's been a, a really good asset. I never realized that knowing those languages would be so helpful when I, I mean, later in life when I became a publisher. Yeah. So great, during lockdown, like lots of us, we've been on lots and lots of digital calls, Zoom calls, and we're all sitting here thinking, crikey, what does my background look like? You have got a bookshelf behind you, which I'm sure lots of people are feasting their eyes on. And as a publisher yourself, I'm absolutely desperate to know what are the books on your bookshelf, please? But these are all Book Island books. You want to in my person? You want to know about my person? What Book Island books are they? Well, this is the entire um, collection. So um, here we've got, do you want me to pull out some? Yeah, let's have a look. This is Mr. Minuscule and the Well. It was one of our first books. It's a Polish children's classic from the 1950s, which wasn't available in English yet. And I'm not sure if I'll be able to show you this. Lovely. It's a book that's known very well in Poland, everyone. No, <laughs> I can't get the right angle. Anyway, um, so it was a real um, privilege to be the publisher, the UK publisher of this, this well-known book that has uh, sold four or five million copies yeah. over the years in Poland and it was just overlooked here. Um, another book that I want to show is is this one and we've already seen um, above yeah, the print. Um, a beautiful poster. I'll just quickly show you that. Mm -hmm. So that's the cover image of the golden cage. We've received really generous funding from the European Union uh, last year for this book which is a book from Belgium but it's written in Italian. Um, we've also received funding for the Swedish book, which I just told you about, and also for the Garden of Inside Outside, the book set in Iran. So uh, without the European Union, I wouldn't have been able to, to publish these books because they're really expensive in production. Like The Bird Within Me is 
oh, this is really difficult. It's 128 pages, and you yeah, it's wow. only 12.99 pounds. It's impossible to produce a book for that price. And the Gosh, same. So so we've talked about lockdown, but without wanting to go down a Brexit path, I just wonder what that means for the future of publishing some of the books that you know are fantastic. I don't think it will be a problem. We've actually just received an email from HMRC where they asked us to check about um, to check the import tariffs for the products that we sell or that we import. And I checked the books and the import tariff is still at zero percent. And hopefully it stays like that. Right. Um, and I think I think we're going to see a lot more support from Europe for the poor British publishers. <laughs> I mean, that's what I hope that they'll say. Oh, you need you need a little bit more support because it's going to it's going to become di more difficult for foreign publishers to sell books here. Because um, I've actually already heard from agents overseas that the British publishers are very reluctant at the moment to buy rights to to European picture books and I can I can understand that um, especially when there's no funding in place um, but I've, I've made actually not so long ago made a decision to um, stop exporting so um, I'm not going to renew the agreement I haven't renewed the agreement with my current distributor who's been exporting our books to every corner of the world and uh, that's something I, I don't believe in anymore and, and, and even so, more so since lockdown, I just feel that we have to focus more on our own markets and, and print more locally and just try to sell more locally instead of just shipping all around the world because I think that's it's just not sustainable. And, um, and also we don't really earn any money on it. So why would you do that? Why would you go through all of that? Um, so with Brexit coming, um, we i'm not too worried i'm not too worried about it yes that's good yeah um i've been sitting here great listening to you and it's funny really because you there's so much that's interwoven in what you do and we've covered here lockdown wars pandemics brexit and all in beautiful pictures books it's amazing isn't it what can be unlocked in a book um, but I've been resting my arm on this lovely um, green satchel. Now I am discovering a hard gorgeous. And rights, yeah, which you handed over to me uh, a couple of weeks ago. Because, and I'm going to start unlocking this, because at freelance month throughout the summer holidays, we thought it'd be rather lovely to rest class assembly for a few weeks, as it is uh, the summer holidays, and instead to have some bedtime stories. And what better place to start than with the Book Island and Greet? And in this satchel is the most beautiful collection hopefully you can see wow that's lovely books um which we're going to have great fun in recording and sharing i'm just opening here um it's here comes mr postmouse it's marianne dubuc is that right i hope i've said that correctly. that's a lovely book you know that book don't you i know that book that's a beautiful book yeah the illustrations <laughs> in it you can pour over those pages for a long time i know it's it's um, marianne dubuc is is from Quebec and she was asked by her Belgian publisher to create a picture book inspired by Richard Scarry. Do you remember Richard Scarry, yeah. the illustrator? The very busy illustrations. So that was her version and more contemporary version of uh, his his style. And and Mr. Postmas has been very, very popular. We had a second book in the series called Mr. Postmas Goes on Holiday, where he takes his family on a trip around the world. So well, I really enjoy it. I'm just looking at some of the illustrations now, and it's one of those books where there's just so much detail. 
in every single picture. It's the sort of thing you could pour over. And I couldn't resist just now as I opened it. I've always had the thing about a new book and seeing what it smells like. <laughs> I think that picture books have just got the most beautiful smell. I had a the, the Brave Tin Soldier when I was little and I can still remember what that book smells like. Um, but yeah, and I can see here that this was a, oh, it's, it's won prizes as well, a children's publisher of the year. Um, so we're going to have great fun rifling through here. Are there any books that you would recommend that we start with for our bedtime story? Great. Oh, oh, maybe maybe I'd start with Mr. Postmouse. Yeah, Mr. Postmouse, Mr. Postmouse. That's maybe my favourite of all the books. And do you have you've got Sir Mouse to the Rescue as well, don't you? The little the little one with yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's a very funny book, which was turned. Um, it's about girl power because Sir Mouse. Is actually a girl she's a girl dragon and a girl dragon a girl knight sorry yeah. girl knight and together with her girlfriend dragon she rescues a very uh silly prince from from a tower and th this book and and the entire series which comes from belgium has been so popular that an animation series was made um of it and that, that it airs in ireland and sadly not here yet mm. and also in belgium it's it's 25 episodes i think Wow. And uh, very, very funny because, of course, all the girls in the book are, are very, very intelligent and hands-on, and the and the, the the prince is just useless. And, and they're very okay. hilarious situations. So that's a great. You could start with one story. Uh, yeah. And they're quite long. I'm probably going to say, I want more. I want to be a tiger. They're quite long. <laughs> I can see on this page. There's, there's quite a lot of text. They're not shy to, you know, have lots of text for children to listen to. There's nothing better than having a book read to you. My eight-year-old yeah. still, we're reading Famous Fives, and she loves being read to. Oh, please, mummy, one more chapter. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah. it's that joy of being read to, even when you're mm -hmm. fighting to keep your eyes open. Just have someone turn the pages and read the words. It is yeah. a real joy. But, you know, a lot of teachers in the UK are now have now started reading to to all the children, to 11, 12 year olds. And, and the children love that. Mm. What do you think about the popularity of- We love being read to too, don't we? We yeah. love- Exactly. Yeah. I was gonna say all the audio books and podcasts out there, you know, it doesn't matter what age you are, um, people are very much enjoy listening. What, what I've realized during my career is that everyone and in, in the entire world loves stories. Mm. And that's why we love, reading and listening to stories but also that's why we love tv so much and netflix mm -hmm. we're addicted to stories we just want more it's just bring me yeah. more stories that that's just the power of it well great thank you so very much for joining us in class assembly today and thank you for this trusting us with this lovely satchel full of books it feels completely the right vessel to be carrying the books in a <laughs> Um, and whisking us away to an island of dreams. Um, it's been a real joy. I hope you enjoy yeah. your summer and you manage to have some kind of escape um, and speak soon. Thank you so much for having me. Enjoy the rest of, uh, of, the, of the summer. Thank you, Greet. Thanks for listening to Freelance Mum. Don't forget, you can stay up to date with all the latest advice, loads of friendly chats and support in our online group, The Mothership. To find out more information, check out freelancemum.co.uk. Subscribe, like and share from whichever platform you get your podcast from. And join us next week as we speak to another expert on an issue that's important to you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.